0: Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Share, the podcast where we talk about anything pet related because who doesn't love to talk about their pets, right? Today, Leslie is here and she's going to tell us all about her senior super mutt scout. To start, you said that he's got kind of a crazy origin story with you. and
1: (laughs) Yes. So uh, it all started, I was living in Traverse City, Michigan, I was fostering dogs for a rescue there. Um, I had fostered several dogs for the rescue. And I had taken a break from doing fostering. It was, you know, going into the summer and I was going to enjoy my kids for a little bit. Uh, No extra dogs. I I had one dog. No extra dogs for just a a few weeks at least. And um, it was Memorial Weekend and all of a sudden there was a knock on my door and there's the the, the director of the rescue with a dog and she's like Leslie I really need your help we took in a bunch of dogs from Georgia and uh, they had what was called the puppy pipeline so oh, uh, yeah. they would bring in dogs from from the high kill shelters down south and bring them up into Michigan and uh, where it was no kill shelters and she says but we got this dog and he is not how did she put it he's having a difficult time adjusting and I need somebody that can handle him and you're the only one I've got (laughs) and so all right fine so I'll take I said all right fine. I'll take him you know he was very cute they told me he was five at the time and kind of fluffy black A little bit of white on his chest, one white paw, but he was not, not friendly to people at all. Bit me quite a few times. Um, That was when he didn't just sit and stare at a wall and lay underneath the table. So it was a very difficult first few days with him.
0: Yeah.
1: It was really bad. He was not a friendly dog (laughs) whatsoever. (laughs) Luckily, you know, I, I was very familiar with working with dogs like that. Um, I had already Handled a few of their more difficult cases, worked with a few of their pit bulls that had come into the rescue, worked with a few of their other more aggressive dogs. And so I had a lot of experience and my kids had actually had a lot of experience. So that's why she was comfortable bringing him to me and my family. We started working with him right away. And then I had a dog also, another dog that was just, honestly, he was a gem he could coax the love out of any other person or animal or anything. We all tried to get the love out of this basically feral dog that just got deposited on our doorstep. Yeah. So we worked with him and it took a long time, but we got him out of his shell and eventually got him to where we could have him around other people. And he could go on walks and he could go, you know, be introduced to neighbors or to other People or kids, and after about two months, could get him to adoption events, and then he he got adopted out, and then was returned after the mm. first night because he snapped at mm. uh, the person that adopted him. So I had him again for about another month at can foster, and uh, we kept working with him, took him to more adoption events, and then eventually he got adopted again, and. He made it maybe like four or five days before he got returned that time. And um, my oldest son was volunteering at the shelter. He had been mowing the lawns for them all summer into the fall. Next thing I know, he's calling me. It was a Saturday and he's like, mom, mom, guess what? He goes, I'm bringing Scout home. I'm (laughs) like, "Scout," I said, he was adopted. He's like, no, they brought him back. And I'm like. Again, (laughs) like he got brought back again. He says, Yeah, he said, Linda, Linda was the director of the shelter. He's like, Uh, Linda said that you know, we it must be meant to be, we're the only ones that can take them. (laughs) So she's just letting us take them home. And I'm like, Oh, god, all right. (laughs) So I've had him ever since, and that was 13 years ago. Wow, so he definitely was not five, (laughs) right? When I got him because I don't think he's 18 now. Yeah. Um I really do think he's about 14. So I think he was probably only about 18 months or 2. We think he might have been hit by a car. He came to me with a limp. Um he had been in a dog fight. He had a scar on his head when I got him. He had, mm. had stitches and stuff. He had a really rough go of it at the beginning. Now he's the sweetest dog you'd ever meet. Like he loves everybody. He's super friendly. Yeah, you'd never know that he was such an aggressive dog. At the beginning.
0: How long did it take for that to happen?
1: It probably was a, a bit before I really felt like, oh, wow, he's really made such a turnaround. It probably was a couple of years. Yeah. I think he was definitely standoffish for years. People would come to my house, and my other dog, Bert, his name was Bert. Bert would be all over the place like, oh, welcome. You're the, my best friend. Oh my gosh, I've got new best friends. This is wonderful. Oh my God. And then Scout would be like, really? He'd just go somewhere else and yeah, you know, hide under a table, go into another room. He just wanted nothing to do with it. Now he's like, oh, cool. People are here. Sweet. I'll chill in the kitchen with you guys or yeah, you know, I'll hang out with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's just important to reinforce that because a lot of people bring home dogs who end up being difficult and they get frustrated when like they go through one training class, you know, one six, eight week training class and the dog is still difficult. And it's like, well, it takes more than one class. It probably took Vesper and he's still got issues. He'll always have issues, but it probably took us like four years.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah. I could, I have a lot to say about a lot of that because, you know, I, all I do is, you know, rescue and foster and, and all of that. And, you know, I, I see people who will adopt and immediately want this perfect puppy or perfect dog and this perfect scenario. And it's like, it's not that easy, you know, <laughs> or they'll see this sad story on Facebook from this rescue. And it's like, oh, this poor dog, I'll adopt that dog. Oh, I'll adopt this dog. Oh. And it's like the trauma that Scout went through. I don't even know. He had been found underneath an overpass, Atlanta, Georgia, Yeah, with a gash on his head, mm. obviously had been in a dog fight, and he immediately went into the euthanasia, basically went on death row. So the trauma that that poor dog went through in yeah. that short span of time, and then I got him, it takes years. There's, I mean, people have trauma responses, so do dogs.
0: Right. So we all have types in terms of people, in terms of pets, in terms of whatever. Clearly, I'm a sighthound type. I've had four greyhounds. Mm-hmm. I've had one and a half whippets. I've had three and a half Salukis because Sierra's a whippet Saluki. You also have a type. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you have rescued do. black dogs.
1: Was that intentional? I rescue the dogs that are least likely to get adopted. Mm. so that's that's my type i go i rescue the ones that nobody wants and it's usually the black dogs or the pit bulls and people don't really understand that or really realize that but black dogs there's a, a stigma and especially you know especially large black dogs which is my total type black dogs one they don't they're not seen as clearly at a, at a kennel or whatever, you're walking up and down, you're looking at the dogs that are available and and you're going to see those white dogs, those dogs that are brighter, the dogs that are coming, you know, you're going to notice those dogs a lot more than you are going to notice a black dog. Black dogs are also scarier looking, especially a large black dog. So people are automatically not going to be more drawn to them because Mm -hmm. they look more menacing They also don't photograph well. Um, So if you see like pictures online or whatever, people will just scroll right past those black dogs because they don't look as cute in pictures. So yeah, I'm all about a big black dog. So (laughs) yes.
0: Your love of black dogs has driven your rescue and your adoption, but it's also driven (laughs) a couple of other things too, right?
1: My second passion is actually like doing fashion and vintage clothing and stuff like that. So I have a a vintage store, vintage website called Black Dog Vintage. And part of my mission with my store is to donate to dog shelters here in Detroit, Michigan. I love being able to do that. And I love being able to do what I love and, you know, do it for a good cause too. So It's kind of cool. Yeah. And then be able to like spread the word about black dogs. I do a lot of, you know, live events on my website and live events online. And I talk about black dogs in almost every single one. So
0: do you ever get any dog themed vintage pieces?
1: I do. I do a lot of jewelry. And so I love being able to find like the dog themed jewelry. Like I've gotten poodle pendants and poodle brooches And stuff like that, because like poodles were really big back in the 50s. Yeah. And I've gotten actually a couple dog themed bags, anything dog related, though, I usually end up keeping sometimes. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, I tend to keep the dog stuff, but uh,
0: (laughs) I have a really hard time parting with things with sighthounds on it. So I get it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know how it is. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to tell us all about Scout and rescue dogs in general and Black dogs more specifically. It's all great stuff to remember mm-hmm. and to just really appreciate the trials and tribulations with difficult dogs and rescue dogs and Black dogs and everything. So I really appreciate that
1: absolutely i thank you so much for having me
0: if you've got a story that you'd like to share we'd love to hear it reach out to us on instagram facebook or our website www.houndstoothvt.com or stop by the store and show off your pet in person until next time sit stay share